Thank you. Thank you. Now, awkwardly, go back and take your seats. But that's... <laughs> I love... I love a bit of Sunday morning buzz and there's nothing just like here in the room filled with just greetings and welcomes. It's why I love our church so much. We get to come together, catch up about our weeks. I used to have to pretend about that conversation, but not anymore. I'm genuinely asking when I ask that question, Chloe, I'm genuinely asking every week. All right. <laughs> um, welcome to church this morning. If we have never met, my name is Nick and... Uh, I have been a part of this church now for about 11 years, uh, more particularly in the youth field. Uh, Rev on Friday nights is one of my favorite places to be ever. And um, oh, like such a big shout out to the team that do an amazing job every single week, but also the team on a Sunday morning as well. We get coffee every morning. We get fantastic worship. It doesn't just happen. So Thank you to everyone in our church and a big shout out to Sam and Megan for all the work you're doing at Rev on Friday nights. I love our community. Um, but praise God for everything that he's doing, right? On Friday night, I got to have a very profound conversation with a young person. And if you met this kid four years ago, you'd think, oh, what a menace. <laughs> but, but on Friday night, he just said the wisest things ever. And I was blown away that I, I thought I would never hear these words come out of his mouth. But his, his whole praise is, praise God, that he's changing the wiring in my brain almost every single week. God is powerful. God is amazing. And he's doing incredible things in our community. Um, I need to know, are there any brothers in the room. Anyone that's got a brother, anyone that is a brother. Yeah, I I had the blessing, I say, of only having two sisters, which means that my life looked a bit different. And I, I quite often got jealous of brothers. I was like, damn, man, I just love to kick the footy or just once it would be nice to just play Halo with, with a brother. It would be fantastic to just play video games all day and not have to pay for it later. My sisters were actually really crafty, you see. They would manipulate me and they would say, Nick, if you play Barbies with us, we will then play cars with you. I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. I got really good at playing Barbies. Um, and I never ever learned that they would never play cars with me. <laughs> so I got really good at that. There's lots of things that I'm good at. There's lots of things that I missed out on. Like, I don't have those silly stories of brothers when they're like, oh, yeah, we got so hurt, we broke our arms. Yeah, I, I didn't really get hurt much as a kid. I had the protection of two older sisters that just wanted to talk about their feelings all the time. I'm pretty good at that. Um, my taste in music is a little bit different. I can probably tell you all the lyrics to Spice Girls, but I don't know much about Rage Against the Machine, which is quite a shame. Um, and I know a lot about Britney Spears. Um, and the, the other thing I find interesting when I met my wife, she likes to get ready in the morning and her show that she wash, rinses, repeats is Sex and the City. I, I said sex, whoops. Um, and anyways, she watches it, not me. I, never have I seen, like never have I watched that show yeah, I reckon I've seen every episode of that show. Like, that's, my sisters would watch it all the time, and I'm like, oh, this is the episode where she breaks up with that burger dude. I, I know all about it, but I can tell you I've never watched it, I promise. But um, 
I always got jealous and I always wish I had a brother. It just looked like so much fun. Yeah, you could have gone one more. All right, just do this. But she didn't. It's, it's all good. I like playing Barbies. It's fantastic. But I get excited when I watch movies and see those brothers and they just have those really brotherly characteristics. Um, and then I read this story in the Bible and I get equally excited, yet disappointed at the same time. And this morning, we're going straight in to the parable that Jesus tells of two brothers. The parable that Jesus tells of two brothers where there's a younger brother and I'm I'm going to have the, the scripture up for you guys to follow, but I'm, I'm just going for it if that's all right with you this morning. There's two brothers and the younger brother comes up to his father and he says, Dad, I actually, I want you to split the inheritance in half and I'm going to go take my share of the money and, and go do with it what I want. To which straight away, this is such a shock-filled story. Because if you can read between the lines of this, this son is disrespectfully saying to his father, Dad, I'd rather have your money than have you. In fact, if you died today, it would be quite beneficial to my life right now that I go take my share of the inheritance and go do whatever I want with it. This is where the shock in the story comes. And this is actually where we get, to, we get revealed the heart of God first and foremost straight away is that the father, instead of doing what was expected, <laughs> instead of uh, belting that boy and knocking the sense back into him, the father gives him what he wants, splits his estate in half and allows the son to walk freely. Jesus is shocking his audience right from the get-go that this is a generous father <laughs> that is willing to give the son whatever he wants. The son goes off to the Jewish equivalent of Vegas and squanders all of the money that he has on foolish living until finally the son has nothing left and he's feeling a bit hopeless and doesn't know where to go. He looks for work in this city, but no one will take him in. The only job that he can score while he's there is feeding pigs. There's a reason that religious cultures, they don't, they don't eat like pork. They don't eat pigs because it is a disgusting animal. Any parents in the room have taken their kids to Handor Farm Barn, like up in the hills? I love that place. But you can tell when you're about 10 to 15 meters away from the pig, you know it's coming because that's, that's a stench. It's something. I was thinking about it and this pig just lives in this muddy, mucky mess. It, it poos and it craps in that mess and then Instead of like putting food in a you know, dog bowl for it, you just kind of chuck it in there and let that pig go to town. And, and the food gets mixed in with the mud and, and the rest of it, and then the pig just eats it. I think that's quite gross. I, there's, there's a reason that cultures don't eat pigs. It's that they are a filthy animal, but bacon tastes pretty good, I reckon. This son eventually takes the shameful position of the person that feeds the pigs. And this is where the audience is like, yeah, he's getting what he deserves, working with the pigs. And then it goes a step further to say he's so hungry that he starts to look at the pig food and think, I'd eat that. <laughs> he's so desperate for food that he thinks, far out, that's starting to look pretty good to me right now. Pig crap food. The audience at this point is probably thinking, yeah, good. 
if the father didn't punish him the way that he should have, at least his actions are now punishing him. This son then comes to the realization as he's living with the pigs, man, if only I was a servant in my father's household. I I can't go back to being a son, but if only I could just go back as a servant, I would be living better than this right now. So the son, desperate in his situation, dragging his feet, walks on home. And I can imagine that he's rehearsing this speech on his way home. Oh, dad, I'm sorry. Dad, I shouldn't have done it. Real puppy eyes like, dad, please take me back. Not as a son. You cannot take me back as a son. Please, can I work in your house? Because I will take that over where I've been. And he walks, walks back to his father's house. And when he's still a long way off on the horizon, his dad comes sprinting back to the sun. His dad comes sprinting back to the sun and provides his son with fine jewelry, provides his son with garments of clothing and throws the biggest party stating, we thought my son was dead. We considered him to be dead. We considered him to be lost, but now he has come home. And that is worth celebrating. And they throw the biggest party that they've ever seen. That story is my absolute favorite. I love a comeback story. And whenever I watch a kid's movie of something getting lost and finding its way home like the good dinosaur, I'm out. Like, I'm out. I'm straight to tears. I used to have to go see a lot of kids' movies. And I was like, all right, I'm prepared. I've got my tissues ready. I'm good. I'm going to pray for us this morning. Is that great? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can all be here with our church family and our community. Lord God, we ask that you reveal new truths to us this morning. And Lord God, we ask that you renew our hearts in only the way that you can. In Jesus' name, amen. So last night, I got clickbaited. Has that ever happened to someone where you get this message saying, hey, is that you in this video? And you're like, oh, I better come and have a look at what that video is. Last night, it was actually a message from someone in, this, in our church. I don't know if anyone else got this. Yeah, poor Mel. <laughs> she got done. I've been there myself. I just, I felt like such an idiot last time. But this time, Mel was like, hey, I've got some good news for you. And I'm not a jerk. So I'm like, hey, what's the good news? I'd love to hear it. And then she, well, she, I don't know who sent me this next message. If you just invest 500 bucks, you can make eight and a half million dollars. And I was like, yep. All right, how? That was how I was about to say how. And I was like, no, come on. Been there. It's too good to be true. If everyone could convert 500 bucks into 8 million, that would be fantastic. But it's always the money that gets me, right? It's always the the money ones. I'm like, oh, but I've learned now. And Sarah's told me off enough that you don't click on that stuff. I was like, okay. So I went straight to Mel and I was like, Mel, I think you've been scammed. It sucks. I'm sorry. I've been there. But um, the money gets me because... I love bang for buck. Who loves value for their money? Um, I've compiled somewhat of a list uh, since when I was a kid to now um, of the things that I considered the most bang for buck. And I think I've got about four, six here. But first it starts off with my primary school's canteen go-to. See if you can beat this. We had a deal for lunch orders that if you just spent $2 you could get five dim sims. 
Yeah, all right. Now, some people in the room are like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Sounds great. Some people raise their eyebrows. Five dim sims for $2 ain't actually bad. So I used to love that deal, five dim sims for two bucks. Um, I now can't buy dim sims because they cost about $1.20, where I could have got three for that. Anyways, five dim sims for $2. My next favorite growing up was always at the games arcade. Like, games would go for 40 seconds, and it used to kill me. I was like, I'd spend my money at a games arcade and just play it for not nearly a minute and then be done. But there was this one game called Big Buck Hunter. And in Big, uh, Big Buck Hunter, what you would do is you had to hunt deer and uh, you would go on about five safaris and you would get a bonus round at the end of the game. And for just $2 again, you and a mate could play together. I thought that was pretty good. And it would take about 10 to 15 minutes. Big Buck Hunter was a good use of my time. Going forward a few years, uh, we're coming to about 2011, 2012, there was an album that was released by Katy Perry. <laughs> Sisters. <laughs> and in this album, there was like five songs in a Teenage Dream album that are just absolute bangers. Anyone in this room can list them, name them. There was like, we had, well, Teenage Dream, uh, California Girls, Extraterrestrial, two more, two more. T-Bone really would have helped in the front row this morning, but she's not here. Uh, two, there's two more songs on that, and you, would, you wouldn't have thought that that came out because it was years later that people realized they were great tracks, but I thought that album was pretty good, Bang for Buck. Only just recently, Stranger Things. Who's seen the last season of Stranger Things? Oh, two, three hands. Jeez. All right. Well, bang for buck. If you love Stranger Things and you were excited to continue on with the story, at first I was disappointed because I was like, oh man, part two only had like one or two episodes or something. But they were like full feature films. Like I'm pretty sure the last episode went for about two hours. So there's an episode of that show that I thought was bang for buck. The next one, it's not my list, but it's I see kids do it all the time. One dollar frozen cokes. That is that is such good value. Like kids come to my school and they rock up with their one dollar frozen cokes in the middle of winter, and I can see them miserable in their choice, but they just can't get past that bargain. It's one dollar for a large frozen coke. I think that's quite incredible. Um, and my last one that cracks my list is when I go to see Pixar's. Um, you get the Pixar short before you get the movies. It's like you get two movies in one. My favorite Pixar short has to be the, the heart and the head when they're having that internal battle on how to live life. I forget what it's called, but it's really good. And then Marvel movies. Who loves the nuggets at the end of their Marvel movies? When you, If you stay after the credits, you, you get introduced to a new character or a new villain in the, in the movie, in the whole universe and the story. These, these little nuggets of a movie uh, is where I'm heading in the next part because the story I shared recently just about the, the younger son, it's the same story, but often we put it into two parts because there's, there's part one with the younger brother where it's this really amazing comeback story of someone that was lost, someone that was considered dead that is now home and the father reveals his heart for his, his son. How much he unconditionally loves his son, clearly, by the party that he throws. But then we meet 
the older sibling. Who's an older sibling in this room? Yeah, I'm a younger sibling, so like get away with everything, like think I know everything too. Um, older siblings, you guys just have some rights, don't you? Like, like when you got the radio on your 13th birthday, that's when we are allowed to get the radio on our 13th birthday. Is that an unwritten rule for everyone or was that just my family? My sister got a mobile phone at 15, so I had to wait. She was mad when dad bought me one at 12, I can tell you that. Anyways, we get introduced to the oldest son in the story. The party's going on and the oldest son returns from working in the field. And he can hear the music and he he can see people dancing. And he asks one of the servants, he says, what's going on? The servant can't wait to tell him. You have no idea. Your younger brother, you know, the one that we considered to be dead, he came home. He's with us and your dad is throwing the biggest party we have ever seen. Naturally, you would think big party, heck yes. Instead, the older sibling (laughs) chooses to walk away grumpy at the result and chooses not to involve himself in the party. The father, this is where the story picks up, comes to the older brother and pleads with him, pleads with him, saying, come celebrate with us as your, son, your brother has been found. And the older brother says to him, like, no, I've been here slaving for you. He calls it slaving. And not once, not once have I refused a single command that you've given me. And never have you thrown a party for me and my friends. The older brother is a bit angry. And the father says to him, you're you're missing the point. This whole time we were in partnership and everything that I had was yours. The whole time everything was yours. And the father still says that. And this this is where it's super sad. Right there, the story just ends. Now the story ends because we, we now get the opportunity to assume how it went, right? We get the opportunity to hit that gut-wrenching punch of, of well, how, how do we press meaning into this? And I can tell you, this is how I wish the story went. I wish the story went like this. There's a younger brother who takes his share of the inheritance of his father, disrespects his family, disrespects his father, walks away and gets what he deserves. As he walks, the brother finds out about the stupid decision that he is about to make and chases after him. (laughs) But it's too late. The brother's already gone. This is the older brother that I wish was there. The older brother that was out searching in the wilderness. The older brother that was out searching Jewish equivalent Vegas for his younger brother. The older brother that was desperate to find his younger brother and say, come home with me. Especially when he sees his younger brother at the lowest point in his life. I wish the older brother was right there and said to him, come home with me, little brother. (laughs) 
come home to dad. It's time to be a son again. This is not who you are. This is not what you deserve. Come home with me, little brother. You need to be in the father's house again. I, I really wish the story went like that, where the older brother takes the garment with him, finds him in his lowest place, and walks with him the entire way home, reminding him of exactly who he is, who his father says he is. But instead, the older brother stayed home and he calls it slaving. <laughs> slaving. It's only when I put my, my pride and my good works aside that I start to look in the mirror and see, oh, crap. <laughs> I am the older brother. How many times have I focused on my good works and what I'm doing for God and I call that work exhausting for God, while I'm, I'm in the house doing the things that I believe God wants to do, instead of spending time with the second brother. God once gave me this really, really incredibly convicting dream one night. I, it's pretty rare that I remember dreams, so this one haunts me. But me and all my friends, we were, we were walking up King William Road, there was, a, there was a celebration off in the distance. And we're on either side of King William walking up. And this is the happiest I think we've ever been. Walking in the empty road coming down was, I have to say, one of the most annoying kids I think I've ever met in my life. And he's, he's walking down King William Road in handcuffs and shackles being escorted by police and you know in dreams, you don't know how you know, but you just know. I knew he was walking to his death. And the whole time this kid were like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And he just is laughing about it as he's walking down King William Road and we're heading up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going here. I guess this is what's going to happen. And instead of being like the older brother I wish we were, we were just like, oh, okay, well, see you later. And we, we kept going up as he walked behind us. I've like thought about that over and over again. And sometimes I wonder, why, why, like why did I do that? Why was he in handcuffs? Why was he happy about being in handcuffs? And the more I think about it, the more I can just see that the destructiveness of sin. It, it lies to you and it deceives you and it makes you think that you're doing something that is going to be good for you because it, it attracts you with the happiness in the, moting, in the moment that we know is fleeting. And it's, it's destructive and it's shackling and it holds you down and it's unfortunate, I believe, for anyone that's living in it. It attracts us in the immediate for our satisfaction only to leave us destitute and eventually living with the pigs. But Jesus comes and he, and he says something different. And in John 10.10, 10, he says, 
The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to bring you life and bring it life in abundance. Can I just paraphrase the way that I interpret that? Is that the enemy or anything that is not under the influence of heaven, anything that is not living in the victory that Jesus has laid before us, only comes to deceive you, to interrupt, to destroy every part about you. But Jesus, now Jesus, Jesus comes to bring you life. Jesus comes to bring you restoration. Jesus comes to bring you healing. Jesus comes to bring you purpose. His unconditional love and the assurance that you are His. Adopted into the sonship of the Father, adopted into the family of God. That everything that God has is yours. There's two sad things about this story. Number one is that there was a younger brother who thought that all of that wasn't good enough and got drawn in to the immediate attractiveness that left him destitute. And we see in that story, he goes to a really sad place. The second sad part is that there was an older brother who thought he was a slave while he's still in the father's house. He still gets to have words with the father who tell, who calls him every day son. In fact, the father says, you're in partnership. Everything I have is yours. He can ask the father for everything. Instead, he still thinks it's by his works that he's with the father. The conviction that I have been wrestling with for the last couple of years is that every day I'm walking past my younger brother almost every single day. Sometimes I, I literally see the pig home that some people are living in. I, I see people make decisions that it's the only choice they've ever been shown. It's the only thing that they know because grandpa taught dad, dad taught me, and now this is how I act. But there is something that is far more greater. John 10, 10, life and life in abundance. Here I am, knowing the truth, knowing that God calls me His son, knowing that I get to live every single day with God's purpose over my life, knowing that every day I have that same assurance that I am His son, that He calls me a child of God, knowing every day I live in that and I live in that freedom and I live in that peace and I receive the joy and the blessings from God every single day and still I choose to walk past my younger brothers and say, oh, that sucks. When I, when I look in the mirror, it hurts. It hurts to know that I wish I was that redemptive older brother, but quite often I look at myself and I'm just filled with guilt and shame. But 
today and always, I know that God is super patient with me, just like He is with the older brother, pleading Him to come in. He doesn't tell the older brother off in that moment. He just leaves us to interpret it. The father just begs him to change his heart. And this morning, I believe that God wants to change hearts in this room. We sing songs like, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. I want to leave this room today knowing that God's done a work in my heart that I can't walk past my little siblings anymore, knowing that they're living in the pig crap, that I can just walk past them, go back to my father's house and do it all again. I want God to give me that conviction each and every day for this exact reason, that every day God is teaching me one little step only to understand and be with him once again to understand the heart of God and to live in His house truly as a son, as a partner. So, there might be two two versions of this story that resonated with you this morning. There might be number one, where you feel like you've been a little brother recently where you feel that you knew best only to find out that God's instruction was far better than that in the moment satisfaction. Only to find that now I feel lost. Now I feel like my life has no purpose. And I don't mean to point, but if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand this morning because I feel like God wants to bring you freedom and God wants to bring you healing and restoration this morning. And it starts with you saying, yeah, that's me. But number two, are you more like the older brother in this story? Are you someone that has been far too comfortable uh, living under the Father's instruction and knowing the freedom and the joy and all the gifts that it brings, but still walking past your younger sibling thinking, oh, they'll they'll figure it out soon. (laughs) If that's you, then I want you to raise two hands in the air because I believe that God is about to gift you with a name this morning. He is going to bless you with a name of someone that is in your life, someone that maybe God's eyes sees in a different light to you and God is about to bless you with a deeper understanding. So, could I get everyone to just stand for a moment? I believe in the fellowship of this community and in the priesthood of all believers. And and I believe that we're about to enter in a time of prayer where we get to pray for our younger brothers and we get to pray for our older siblings in this world too of the gift of God that is working for His house, not slaving, but also that people in Jesus' name can find healing this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for who You are and I praise You for everything that You are doing in our community. God, we praise You that that You have a plan, You have a house and Your plan is heaven here on earth. 
God, nothing less than that will do. So Jesus, we ask today that you change our hearts. You either make them new, you heal them, you restore them. You start giving us word of who we are. Or God, that you start breaking our heart for what breaks yours and gift us with those names. If you're that person in this room this morning that's like the younger brother, I want you to raise your hand in the air. That's good. Or if you're like that older brother, I want you to put both hands out like you're receiving a gift and I believe God is gonna gift you a name right now. Lord God, I want to thank you this morning for the people that want a new story. Lord, I want to thank you this morning for the healing that is taking place in this room. And God, I pray that this week that whoever was in this room this morning that needed that new story, that needed that second chance, that God, you reinforce this every day with new spoken word over their life and you reveal every single day who they are. Lord God, I want to thank you for the blessing this morning that we have received of someone that is in our life, someone that we do not want to overlook anymore. And God, I want to thank you for the blessing that it is to know that we get to work in partnership with you this morning. It is not slaving, God. It is working for the kingdom of heaven here on earth. What? A blessing that is. In your mighty name, amen. I think it would be a really good opportunity to hold each other accountable to this this morning. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Nate said that he wants to see more bums on seats. (laughs) We don't do this because we want more people here. Well, We don't do it because we want a bigger crowd. We do it because we don't want to see the people that we care most about living like that. And we want them to know and experience the freedom that only Jesus can bring. So I want you to find someone in this room today. Find someone and share that name with them. And then next week we can ask, How did you go? But also, what an opportunity (laughs) to bring them along to a barbecue lunch church. (laughs) Like, super easy invite. It's where we get excited at Rev to say, bring your friends to this. They can't say no. (laughs) 
I want you to have a blessed week this week. And I'm praying for everyone. Thank you.